Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Songwriters are getting a bigger cut. Sort of. Roger Waters versus The Weeknd and Drake. And funny girl drama. You're listening to The The Biz Biz Tape. Welcome to The Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. I'm your host, Colin McKay, with my lovely L.A. correspondent, Joseph Wazaleski. Joe, how are we doing today? I am doing great, Colin. I can't wait to talk about how successful the Minions movie is today. Oh yeah, that's Minions that's pod. at least Wait, this is I, we got a we got a solid 45 minutes at least yeah, of just of minion just talk. Minion content. So, let's, real wor- like real talk though. How the fuck did that album get made, by the way? I don't know if um, people have looked at that album for the Minion stuff, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's surprisingly hip. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who was like, you know what? Let's make the Minions movie the gothic hipster pinnacle album of the year. But apparently it is uh, skyrocketing in sales and streams. And yeah, yeah. it makes sense. I mean, I, I don't understand it. Also, they who were is just like, like, again, who's going, hmm, we got to get, get someone to score the new min- Minions movie. You know who fits well with evil people and Minions? Jack Antonoff. <laughs> Let's get him right. in here. Um, she may have songs about heartbreak and loss, and so has Gru experienced that. So we got Phoebe <laughs> Bridgers on to uh, show us 
and take us on the emotional roller coaster that trying to conquer the world can be. See, but like, yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy, man. I just don't understand that album is so big. I really, my theory is that there's some music. Uh, maybe we'll get them on. I don't know. But like, I'll try. The music production, you know, coordinator for that was just like, I'm just going to get shit that I want to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and just was like, the movie is secondary. Well, I think <laughs> like, the running like, joke is that Minions is such a cultural phenomenon. You could really put anything and call it Minions and people would love it. You know? Apparently. I'm not, I'm not showing up to uh, the Minions movie theater in a suit, but you do you. And <laughs> I mean, uh, I... W- I mean, what you are you doing? This is this what crew. you're telling me? No, yeah. don't do this, Joe. <laughs> they're kicking people out. You're not gonna make it. They're ki- wait. They're kicking people out for wearing the suits. Yeah, there's like signs at movie theaters that say if you come in formal wear to the Minions movie, you will not be allowed in. Wait, <laughs> wait. Have, have you not wait, heard about why? this? No. Why would they? Okay, do that? so there's a group. Wait, that, there's I, a I can't movie remember. dress code now. <laughs> okay, so there's like. As any terror in the entire world is perpetuated mostly by teenage boys, but like these teenage boys are just going like, let's go see the Minions movie and pretend like we're, you know, on the Titanic and this is our last day ever alive. So they go in like the (laughs) most elegant Is that the actual breakdown? Of the thought processing is like no, but I wish it was. Titanic. That's exactly how they. No, they're just like they make fun of the movie by basically being like it's high cinema, so they wear giant, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. nice suits and sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like, but the problem is, is that when you have a group of teenage boys, if you tell one thing that's relatively funny to them, and then what happens is they all tell their friends. So what becomes like three people going to the movies becomes like twenty-seven people mm-hmm. going to the. movies movies yeah and like these 27 kids will just roll up and then you know you have 27 people who are coordinated to just fucking blow this movie up basically just like scream and yell during every part of the movie and some (laughs) poor person's like i just wanted to take my child to see the movie (laughs) and these minion guys are just screaming and yelling and (laughs) like that's literally what's happening so i mean anyway like that Let's let's be honest. They wouldn't have gotten the the numbers without the. Suit oh, culture. that's why. Yeah, I mean, and that's why would they stop it? Why would they stop it, Colin? They're getting so much money, and if you you want sure. well, I mean, for the, to the to the concession stand and get some some Gru nuggets with some uh, minion minion popcorn. Oh your God, that sounds so bad. <laughs> What did you call that? Gru nuggets? Gru, gru. Oh God. Gru nuggets. I should have said minion nuggets, but I felt like that was cannibalism. Uh, welcome to the Biz Tape, your minions fan podcast. I'm your host, Colin, and I'm hoping you're having a Gru day. And anyway, <laughs> I just think that minions are fun, but we're just going to move on from that. If you want to follow us on our socials, I'm just going to keep moving. Uh, Biz Tape. We spent way too much talking about minions, I'm but here we are bit. now. I'm proud of that bit. Um, there's God. a lot All going right. on in the music industry. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> let's actually start talking about that, not Minions. Um, <laughs> as funny as the Minions are, though, is this freaking statement from Pink Floyd's Roger Waters that I got to tell Joe about. Joe, have you heard anything about this, by the way? No, I have not. Okay, so here's the deal. If you don't know who Roger Waters is, he's like, you know, one of the seminal Pink Floyd members, like one of the biggest rock stars ever. 
uh, one of the biggest bands ever, one of the most critically acclaimed bands ever, you know, so he's got a lot of weight, but like Roger Waters, I've noticed as we get further and further on in time, does this thing where he does two steps backward, one step forward all the time. Mm -hmm. And so let me start you with like the one step forward thing. He goes like, he's got his new tour coming up, you know, and he stirred some fans the wrong way. So his, uh, tour, which is called, this is not a drill before like the show starts. He had like a pre show message, you know, on the little LCD screens out there. And it said, if you're one of those, I love pink Floyd, but I can't stand Rogers politics. People, you might do well to fuck off to the bar right now, which I was just like, yeah, Roger, you know, because mm. I just thought I was like, man, that's I mean, that's what he is. He's a very political dude. He just stirs people the wrong way. He's extremely liberal, dude, especially for being a very old rocker. But mm. I just think first off, let's talk about this. Can you imagine if like you didn't know about this and you just like listen to Pink Floyd <laughs> and you go to the show and maybe you have some very big, you know, ideas about life that you do not agree with Roger Waters with. And you're like, man, I'm going to leave. I didn't know he was going to get political and he's warning me, but I just thought it's so funny mean, because at the end the of the day, Roger the Waters wall? wins. Yeah. <laughs> he you, get your money. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he's still, he got your ticket money. People are, people are whack, man. I don't know. I, I, who thinks that he's not liberal? He, he, he wrote the wall. Right, right. That whole record, <laughs> literally, the whole record. Whole about record shit like is that. talking about like it's anti-fascist, anti, you know, authoritative and conservative, and it's just it's insane. But yeah, I don't know. People, it, it's it kind of like that. The the mental gymnastics people go through as uh, Republicans or or conservatives being fans of anything, uh, even the Beatles, <laughs> who are also notoriously pretty liberal uh and it, it's funny to talk to these people because i know it's like it's such a staple in their childhood like this form of music but it's also like they don't understand that they were living during such a political time and that literally everything every music thing was influenced by it and even right. their favorite artists you know and so it's just it's, it's insane to me that. Well, they were leading the train. It just kind of reminds me of like people that don't understand like um, Born in the USA by Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen. That's what yeah. it kind of comes to mind. But like anyway, I just thought I would bring that up because that's my one step forward. And then the reason I really brought this up is that like I wanted to bring this up because it's like he's not afraid to go against the grain, which I in some retrospects really respect. But in other ways, I don't. So like here we go. This is what happened. He had an interview with Globe and Mail. And he basically starts off pretty tame. He pulled off the classic, I'm going to throw punches at people that had no reason to get punches thrown at them, basically. It's like, I'm just going to talk crap about somebody for no reason, which is, you know, one of our favorites. If you remember when we were talking about uh, Damien Albarn and Taylor Swift, where he was just for no reason, like, yeah, she ain't a good songwriter. And we were like, why? No one asked you. You just, (laughs) yeah, why would you say that? So he did this. So what he said was like, basically, first he starts off tame. He goes, like, in the interview, he says he thought it was odd that Toronto publications cared more about the weekend's canceled show in Toronto than his own show, which was happening, like, on the same night, which, like, fair, 
because we covered the weekend's canceled show last week. Yeah. And we did not talk about Roger Waters. Well, I so think, I guess we're part of the problem. I think it's almost more <laughs> as if the entire internet infrastructure collapsed. <laughs> right. Right. And that's kind of my whole thing with it is if you didn't listen last week, basically the weekend couldn't perform because, you know, important government services had been cut off because there was a widespread internet outage. So like 911 wasn't working. All these different services were not working. So it's like, yeah, the weekend's huge show, which I mean, he was literally playing the Super Bowl less than a year ago and announced this big show. So it's already big news. And then on top of that, this big infrastructure utility thing goes wrong, right? There's a reason people are talking about it more than you, Roger. Sorry. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I, um, yeah. So like that, that was the tame part. We're going to get worse from here. So buckle up. So anyway, waters was also upset that a reporter wasn't able to review Waters' show because the reporter also had to cover the weekend the same night, which I was like, okay, that's like one reporter. So, I mean, sucks, but I'm sure other people will be there. <laughs> and then this is where he goes really off. He goes, quote, I had no idea what or who the weekend is because I don't listen to much music. <laughs> quote, people have told me he's a big act. Well, good luck to him. I've got nothing against him. Would it not have been possible to review his show one night and my show another night? Which is like, okay, we're getting a little bit more combative here. What? That's fine, right? I mean, I get yeah, it. Shows like, happen maybe... at the same nights. I don't know what. <laughs> oh, does he, did he want the weekend to just postpone his show? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, and be like, what? And again, this is like one reporter. And I'm sure, like, he's going to be like, well, multiple people were covering the weekend. And I was like, yeah, because he's like he's, huge, right? Yeah, he's giant right now, which. And Roger so Waters, is Roger Waters, but like. Giant. Yeah, but he's not in his heyday anymore. Right. Like, let's be honest, he's not. <laughs> So no, not at all. And then here we go. Here's the big one. He also, which is the greatest way to start any sentence that's going to get you into big trouble is that he goes, he reiterated multiple times in the interview that he didn't mean his statement as a personal attack and never, is and then goes on to do a personal attack yeah. against the weekend and Drake. But he said it wasn't, <laughs> but, he said it wasn't, though. it wasn't. So this is what he said. He says, quote, with all due respect to The weekend or Drake or any of them, okay, I don't like that, I am far, far, far more important than any of them will ever be. However many billions them? of streams they've got, there is stuff going on here that is fundamentally important to all of our lives. And there is the two steps back. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Joe, what is your first thought of that statement? I mean, first off, very confused with what he means by any of them. Them? Yeah, yeah. don't like that, that at all. What does that mean? Uh, so moving past that. <laughs> that, um, that very small the issue, very, right? No, very, yeah. yeah. God, um, so bad. So bad. And then also, I just, it's obvious how he's, he's out of touch. It's like... You know, no matter your political leaning, at cer at a certain point, you will be out of touch with what is cool, and you have to deal with it, and you have to just understand that. And I feel like in the entertainment industry, especially if you're a big act, you're kind of forced into the spotlight, like over and over and over, and it's your job. And I get it, but like, 
I I feel like you're just having hot if you ha- if you're having hot takes by stuff that you don't understand and you're not fully mm-hmm. willing to admit that you don't understand, maybe just don't say it or don't have the hot take at the end of the day. You know? Also do just what let's just not call people them ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that? I, because I you know, there's no other implication I can think of. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, that it's, would me be defending. It's it's pretty like, I mean, on the cusp of like, is it racist, but also is it like is he talking about like rap artists or R and B artists, or is he talking about just right. like popular artists in general? But it is it is like it's it's sketchy. It's very historically. It's it been great to like, group Colin, many people together. Tom, this right sounds like now. a grandpa. This sounds like a grandpa. <laughs> you know, yeah, at it the end does. Of the day. It completely <laughs> does. I mean, but that's like kind of what happens over time. But like some artists are just more cognizant of it. Like I completely agree with you, Joe. It's like you cannot be cool one hundred percent of your life, right? Yeah, people come in and out of style, all this kind of stuff. And it's not like it's not, it's not binary, right? I say that, but it's not like Roger Waters got no fans out there. I know he's selling hell of a tickets clearly enough that if you didn't like him, they're willing to buy the tickets and then leave. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like these people have expendable income. There are people that want to see you. I just think that like it, it does come out of a lot of ignorance. And I just thought it was very, very like, out of left field, which is always where these kind of statements that we've covered really originate, right? Like there's just Mm -hmm. no reason for them. Like, it's not like they were like, Hey, Roger Waters, what do you think of the weekend? They were just literally like, Hey, you want to talk about your show? And he's like, by the way, guess what people I don't like. Yeah. And it's (laughs) like, like, Roger, no one asked, but thank you. (laughs) So here's my question. Right. And I, I kind of sincerely wonder this, and this is like one of the real times on this show that I think, Maybe it is true because, you know, usually I'm an optimist. But do you think he was doing this for publicity? Like mm, calling I mean, out this really big person? He's and, definitely you know, jealous. I'll be honest. He's definitely jealous mm-hmm. of the stature that The weekend has currently. Um, I do think he, I mean, he's been in the entertainment industry. He has to know kind of the ropes right of getting into the the headlines to some extent um is he as pervasive in the headlines as like you know a kim kardashian or like a paris hilton or whatever no but so so he's not like influencer headlines right but he still like wants to be seen and heard i think and still has that ego that artist ego Mm -hmm. that i feel like every artist has that right Every artist wants to be heard and seen and acknowledged, but to tear someone else down for you to get higher up is not the method to do that. And it's also, it just sets a bad precedent for, you know, people of the next, not not even people of the next generation, but like honestly older people, older artists to do this. Cause I feel like there is the stigma of like newer artists and new music is not real music, right? right. I had a, I had a conversation with my mom, who verbatim uh, called um, classical music real music, and <laughs> as someone who works in popular music, it was like, um, the paychecks don't say it's real <laughs> at the end of the day. 
right now. Let's see. How far are we in? Clip this out part for Joe's mom. Got it. No. <laughs> but, um, um, no. no, it's 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 one of those things. It's like it, that is kind of the mindset, though, of older people of like, if it's different from their form of music, it's not considered real, right? Or it's not considered a true form of art, at least to their acknowledgement of it. But what they're forgetting is that there's people who have different experiences, different upbringings, and all different kinds of culture that have different meanings and different genres of music, right? I think The weekend's music is just as important as Waters' music, right? If it brings people happiness together, starting conversations, providing an impact is what's the most, it's the most important thing about music. I think at the end of the day. Yeah. And I I definitely Um, think that there is a value to music that, you know, because Rogers is so political and like literally this last part of the sentence is like, there's something fundamentally going important going on here. You know, I think what he was trying to illustrate is like, him trying to be like, well, you know, I'm talking about like real issues that are going down, you know, in our society yeah, through but music. Like, and I'm like, it's not like The Weeknd isn't doing yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, The Weeknd's I mean? absolutely doing that. And then so is, I would say every single artist of like that level, I feel like is taking a stance for something, you know? And it's it's unfair to be like, oh, their stances are insignificant to mine at the end of the day. Yeah. I I wonder, do you agree with this, Joe? I personally think there is a thing about, you know, we've talked about this idea of punching up and punching down, right? Comedians talk about it a lot, right? This idea that you want to punch up in a lot of comedy because it's more relatable because, you know, obviously you're not taking advantage of your, a situation or someone that, you know, maybe is more unfortunate in their life status than you. You know what I mean? Things they cannot control, right? Yeah. So I think there is really a perpetual thing in music kind of going, you know, to your real music argument with your mom is like this idea of it's acceptable to punch down, but it's not acceptable to punch up to older music, you Mm -hmm. know? And that idea that like, you know, oh, you can't, Yeah, like a great example I think is in rap and hip hop music. It's very... I, in my opinion, not seen well, like to punch up at like, you know, some of the people that, you know, started the genre. And I think that's very true in some regards, you know, especially with people that were trailblazers and stuff like that. But I don't think it, you know, stops them from criticism. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want a great example of someone that got their career literally stopped from punching, um, up too much is Iggy Azalea. Um, do you remember that Joe when Iggy Azalea, like, her whole career kind of stopped. No. Um, so she was like under, she was, she was kind of like protege by TI, right. For a while. And like, you know, really took her through a lot of that stuff. And then she has this really notable radio interview and like, she's still in the big part of her career where she basically starts talking about all these, rappers that are older and they're asking her about her. Cause you know, it's a big thing. Like what are your influences, whatever. And she's like, Oh no. And she's like very disrespectful to a lot of these people. And like the community just ended her career. Like literally <laughs> I, I, after yeah. that, that was like after her big thing, I just remember that was like, okay, everyone has decided that it's over because she's punching up and I don't agree with her. Like, you know, I, I think a lot, some of the stuff that she said was a little mean towards a lot of people that were trailblazers in their genre. Yeah. But that idea that, like, you could be canceled for punching up versus punching down to me is kind of 
a weird dichotomy to see because like, it's just so weird in this case, you know, Roger Waters is still going to go sell tickets, do all this kind of stuff, but he's punching down. If you think about it, I mean, Roger Waters has a huge giant 50 plus year career, right. And wrote number one albums, number one songs. And arguably maybe even you could say is punching adjacent because especially Drake and even the weekend have close to, and probably even more hits than Rogers does. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think it's weird that that's socially acceptable for some of these artists that are older to be like, yeah, that shit just sucks. And we're like, cool. But if you go the opposite way and be like, I don't really like some of the things these people do, then you go, wow, you should be outcasted from music. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't respect kind of your elders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like there's a lot of layers to that in particular because it's, it is kind of, it's subjective, right? Of like what who is truly up and who is truly down at the end of the right. day. But I, to touch on the Iggy Azalea thing, I think a lot of people held resentment towards Iggy mostly because she does have this kind of like just innately, like I haven't seen that radio interview, but she has this like kind of like, Oh, whatever. I just do what I want attitude. But it is, it is a bit like, well, you're you're writing the privilege of being white and also, like, ha- like being, like engulfed and having a lot of success in a genre that was primarily black, primarily black that didn't have as much success in the in the back end, right? As she has had, and I think a lot yeah. of fans, especially hip hop fans, were uh, tired of seeing like artists doing that <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, not recognizing I, their privilege, you would yeah, say, yeah, exactly, and not just like at the end of the day, you really just if you're if you're in front of a microphone on an interview in an interview setting, and you're a pretty sizable artist, maybe don't talk shit about other artists, you know, like maybe I just, just stay if you, where you're at. Yeah, I just it's think like, it's like one of those things where if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, if you don't know enough about the issues or or the historical significance of the topic, maybe just don't talk about it. You know, you don't have to have hot take over everything. And, I, yeah, uh, I definitely think there is, you know, obviously an incentive and maybe a almost a reflex for a lot of artists to obviously make their own and strike out, you know, against just public life. I mean, that's kind of what being an artist is, right? I mean, you chose a very wacky, you know, career about art and all this kind of stuff. That's kind of what you've based your whole career on. Right. But at the end of the day, there's just no, no purpose to that. You know what I mean? Like to strike down, especially when it's not like, there's nothing of substance here, right? It's not like he's like, oh, I don't like the... Because there's like, obviously, like, especially with Drake, like, there's things that I could come up with. I'd be like, I don't like how, you know, (laughs) Drake has, you know, carried himself in some ways, especially when it comes to uh, all those alleged things that I don't really want to get into right now. But, like, what I'm saying is that, like, you could... You have things that are, like, factual, that are, like, more of life problems. Yeah. What this statement is, is just more of, like, it's like, hey... I think I'm better than them because I am. And I'm like, that's so ignorant. And that's the thing too. I think that um, just because you've had a lot of success in this industry, you feel the need to just, you're on this like high horse, 
even when the horse isn't alive anymore. You know what I mean? And it's kind of funny. It's comical that some of these older artists do this because it's just like, you know, if, if an older artist in your time period was doing this to you, you would have flipped your shit over. Oh yeah. And I mean, like, you know, if it's just, it's it's comical and it's hilarious because at the end of the day, they're becoming what they hate in a lot of ways of like, you're just suppressing people and becoming a gatekeeper at the end of the day, you know? I completely agree. Um, and I, I asked some people on the on the Instagram poll, which I do on Mondays, I said, like, do you think, uh, I put, is Roger Waters' quote far, far, far more important than The Weeknd and Drake will ever be? So, you know, basically the exact same thing quote he said like i am far 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 more important than any of them will ever be and mm-hmm. so right now because so we we had to move schedules but like uh it, it's up right now and um it's like two-thirds saying roger waters is more important than the weekend and drake will ever be and my thing is is that i think that i, I think I there is a perspective know. thing here yeah i don't know if i agree with i mean i would say songwriting wise probably over the weekend but i i don't know if i agree with the drake statement drake has had a pro i mean a profound impact on how production is done how hip-hop music is written how um r&b music is written uh, a lot of trends trend setting and he has been at the top i mean for I want to say it's been like a decade now, right? Like over a decade, probably. Has it been? Yeah, like- I mean, Drake is considered the, you know, the artist of the 2010s. Like yeah. he's considered the artist of the decade. And he had more still, streaming than anyone ever. Yeah, he's still up there, and I, I think like, it's, it's, you know, obviously we can't, we can't see into the future, and we can't see nope. what songs are going to have as much of an impact as they've had. And there's absolutely going to be artists that we haven't even heard of that are going to have an impact later when they're gone right because that always happens there's always an artist that's discovered or whatever but i think it is unfair to be like i think it's 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 not fair to compare the two in a lot of ways I, you know like, and i'm glad you brought that up it's like an you know it's an apples to oranges thing like music means different things to different people right yeah. and like at, at the end of the day it's hard to be like Hey, can we make music analytical? Can we make mm-hmm. music, you know, there, there points, is no, you know? There is no right way to do music, right? There's no yeah. right way. And it means a lot to different people. And I think it takes, like, one of the biggest things that I've had to learn in my life is I've listened to, you know, some music and I go, I don't really like this, but it's not for me. And mm-hmm. I can understand why someone else would like it and get a lot out of it. Maybe they have a different perspective than me, and that's fine. Who's, but who's your I artist think, that that's the case? Give me, give oh me some. Oh, God. Do you, you want, I thought, what did I just say? <laughs> if you have nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. Why are you putting me in this? <laughs> I want to I wanna know. I want to know, Colin. You know what Let my things are. Know. Like, what do you, yeah, that's what it is. I mean, it's anything, like, you know what they anything are. Anything I listen to, you're like, what is this? And then anything Nuh-uh, you listen to, true. I'm kind of like, yeah, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it's true. But like, we appreciate each other's tastes. It's just different, which is why I like doing the music at the end because we have very I, different music. I things. always love when you pull out because like you do have the most interesting taste out of anybody I've ever met. 
And you do find wow. these songs that are like, I don't know, like whenever you recommend me a song and I, I like click with it, I click with it forever. Like it's not like a, oh, I'm, I'm into this for an allotted amount of time. I'm into this for like the rest of my life, basically. Well, yeah, I like, appreciate like the, that. I'm glad that, radicals, that is, you know. Yeah, like the new radicals. Oh, yeah, that was a big one. Them, so. Yeah, I just, it's like one of those things where I just try, I just be like, hey, I know. And that's the other thing about music is like, you know, I'm sure people do this in their own lives is like, I know people that like this kind of music. I know people that like this kind of music. And I even do it at my job. I'll be like, hey, bud, you know, heard this song the other day and I thought you would really like it. You, you know, you two probably wouldn't like it, but he would, you know what I mean? And so like, that's what I'm saying. It's very subjective. So it's hard to be like, what is important? You know what I mean? Like, maybe from a historical sense, I can have like some way of gratifying, like what is the more important one? But at the end of the day, like it's hard to take human enjoyment and human, you know, like, I don't know, perspective and try to quantify that and go, well, this one is more important. And I think it's kind of wrong to, and at the end of the day, I think that you could have an argument either way, if you really wanted to about either of these. Personally, I am more for, Drake and The Weeknd, because that's two things versus one thing, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, which, like, that's the other part of the statement I hate. He goes, like, again, or any of them, other than, you know, that sounding like a race thing. Like, it, what, against people in general? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> my music is greater than everything? So, yeah. I don't know. I, I just it's, think it's, it's a, difficult. It's very egotistical in a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, it's super egotistical. I think, I think honestly, it kind of shows how at the end of the day, uh, a lot of these older artists are egotistical maniacs. <laughs> they just want to feed it. They just want to feed it, you know? Oh, they want They want to, baby. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. (laughs) 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So Joe, what what do you got for me next? Well, we're going to talk about how the music industry screws over songwriters, Colin. Um, well, we knew this, but it looks like you got some numbers actually yeah, to prove how screwed you're getting I screwed. do, I do. <laughs> so most of your, the songs you hear by your favorite artists aren't necessarily created by that artist, right? There's, plen- there's yep. artists behind the scenes that write the music, they pitch it to that artist, and then that artist goes, ah, I like this song, or they go, ah, I don't like the song, but I'll pick up this song, and then those songs get cut, and then traditionally... You know, they would have gone into the promotional circuit of like pitching to radio, commercial radio. And now the only genre that really that matters to is is definitely country music and maybe pop music. Right. Some sectors right. of pop music. But for the most part, that is country country based. But every genre of music has songwriters behind the scenes and you might not know that songwriters are notoriously paid like shit (laughs) for the most part, even though they created the songs and they are essential to the music industry. So in an article about how some, and this is emphasis on some, songwriters are getting a chunk of mechanical royalties and like a bigger chunk, which mechanical royalties are the royalties that you get from the sale or stream of the sound recording itself, right? That is mm-hmm. that is what a mechanical royalty is. So, and now with streaming, a lot of songwriters don't get any mechanical royalties. But in the past, they did get mechanical royalties. When CDs and tapes and, you know, radio was in its heyday, songwriters were making a decent, decent living off of like singles that they were writing, like one hit wonders and stuff like that. But now songwriters are having such a hard time sustaining like their income that they have to take up like second, third jobs almost, even though they might have a gold hit on the country radio charts or whatever. Yeah. Right. So this is a huge problem, especially in Nashville. But according to David Israelite, who's the CEO of the National Music Publishers Association, he broke down the like how much income is being dispersed by all of these uh, DSPs or digital service like streaming providers, basically, right? So mm-hmm. in 2021, 
47 music streaming services generated $9.6 billion with over 96% from Apple, Amazon, Google, Pandora, and Spotify. So all yeah, the what the hell is the other like 41 I mean, of those? Title <laughs> and Deezer probably is probably those those other ones on the bigger end or whatever. But nobody They're the other 41 of them, Title <laughs> yeah. and Deezer. But of that, only 1.3 billion dollars, which is 13.4% of the revenue pool, was paid out to songwriters, while the record labels and the artists earned 5.7 billion dollars. And that's 58.6% of the pool. Okay? So it's a huge disparity, right? And how people are getting paid. So Israelite went on to break down the payments that the top DSPs provided per million streams. So this is if you get a song for a million streams, this is how you're going to get paid out per DSP. So Amazon paid $2,285, which, you know, a million streams, that seems like nothing, right? But they're the highest paying one. (laughs) Oh, God, I thought that was a bad one. (laughs) Apple is paying $1,916 on their okay, subscription model. Okay, not bad model. compared, to, compared yeah. to it. Spotify is paying out 1160000 on their subscription. And <laughs> uh, on, on their free version, their ad-based model, Colin, how much do you think that they're, they're paying out for that? So the, the like, most common I version, mean, I am pretty sure. Right, you get at maybe like another thousand dollars. No, know, it's like, seven hundred and forty-five dollars. Oh no. <laughs> you get paid worse if your fan is listening in the free version than if you got paid from a fan who's listening on uh, the paid version. Basically, right, because they get those which, ads for nothing. Which, in a sense, is just like it, there's something innately wrong going on there, right? You should. I, I feel like you should be getting paid more because it 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 puts more pressure onto the DSP to get people to subscribe rather than. Well, ask you know, YouTubers that exact same question. Yeah, you know they. Exactly. This is why YouTubers do not make their money on ad based anymore because all those advertisers had a fit about the auto generation and instead of the companies being like, we're actually not going to put your product in front of terrible things. They went, okay, how about this? We'll cut you a deal monetarily. Yeah. And so we don't have to work at this. Yeah. hundred percent. So songwriters nowadays can't even trust some of the artists that they are receiving cuts from as many have put in clauses in agreements that give up a percentage of their publishing in order to have superstars record on them. Okay. So that's, that's fucked up. <laughs> like you're really shady. Your publishing should not be touched at all by an that artist. is the number or, one thing that we were told. Yeah. Or their managers, which apparently the managers have been dipping into some of that income as well. So I bet. Some songwriters have fought against this, though, by including creative option clauses that hold fees from the artist if it isn't promoted well enough or kill the fee entirely if it doesn't hit the radio. Now, the main focus of this article as a whole on Billboard was to show that how like some Nashville songwriters are actually like pairing well with artists and artists are giving them a chunk of their mechanical royalty right off of the song. So it's 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 not like 
super great, right? They're not getting like 50% of the mechanical royalty, right? But they're they're getting a percentage of it and they're hoping that it sets a precedent for songwriting cuts in the future. And for Nashville to be in the forefront of this, it's very important because, you know, a lot of country singers don't write their songs still. They still get pitched in a very old-fashioned way and they still make a significant amount of income in the mechanical royalty sector than most other genres, right? Because their their fans are buying, you know, CDs still and buying off of, off of iTunes. May it rest in peace at some point. <laughs> and uh, some point. you know, all the other the Zune, you know, I'm sure some country fans have Zune uh, or something like that. But Colin. I want your take on this. Uh, this industry is notoriously shady, right? But do you think that the, the, these business practices um, that some of the superstars are doing are morally correct? And how do you think the fans would react if it came out into the public that they were doing this to songwriters? Well, here's the problem with it. Like, you know, you were explaining that mechanical royalties, and that's the problem. Is that in this day and age, if it's harder to explain how you're getting screwed, then you'll get away with it most of the time. Yeah. Because you won't have enough public outrage to do it. So the point is, is like, you know, if I, you know, all these artists were like, screw you songwriters, we're taking the mechanical royalty or we're not taking your songs. And the songwriters and you know went to the local news and were like, we're not getting paid. People would be like, I'm confused about this whole situation. And there have to be, you know, a whole thing about that's the worst part about mechanical royalties in the music business is that some things are made on purpose to be more difficult than they need to be yeah. because it, you know, allows people to play around that basically in a level of anonymity, but also in a level of expertise. Mm-hmm. So going into that, I mean, I don't believe that artists should have you know, mechanical royalties if you're not a songwriter. And this is where it gets really difficult for people because... You you think... Wait, explain that one more time. You think that artists shouldn't have... uh, Shouldn't let songwriters get mechanical royalties? Oh, no, I should... The exact opposite. Like, I think that artists should allow their songwriters to take the mechanical royalty. Got it. Because... I think that it is a kind of service to the songwriter to get paid for that perpetually, and it creates a more positive relationship with the artist, especially if they're a solid songwriter, for them to write songs for you. Um, because of that continual income and almost seeing, oh, look, this will continually happen. So if I keep doing this, I'll get more and more and more. Yeah. The problem is, is like, you know, the economy's really bad right now. You know, all these touring artists, like I said, are going negative to tour sometimes, you know, because they feel like we got a tour right now while people still got money Mm -hmm. before the inflation takes it. Or, you know, we haven't been able to tour in two years and we feel like this record's awesome, you know? So that, that is really hurting artists in a lot of ways. So a lot of them are strapped for cash. So where are you going to get it? If you're not getting it on the live side, you're going to try to take it from the recording side. Mm Mm-hmm. Managers have no reason, no reason whatsoever, like to to, be to have that. that cut. Yeah, I yeah, 100%. They, unless they were there and were like, "Hey, I'm going to write a couple of lyrics on here." You have no reason to. Well, here's, guess what? Your part thing. part of your job is to make that relationship happen. So I get it. You might want to get a pay for you know. Oh, I introduced you to the songwriter, and it was a number one hit song, but. 
at yeah. the same time, it's like you get paid in residuals, your well, percentage of how well he does. Here's the thing, though, is like that. That's what's crazy to me is that artists are even allowing their managers to do that because they are getting a significant amount of percentage of the of the artist's total revenue, right? And so they're yeah. they're getting like 15, 20% of their artist's total revenue, whereas now they're getting a chunk of this song, right? That's going yeah. big. They're getting another chunk, right? So not only mm-hmm. are they screwing this, you know, upcoming songwriter, they're kind of screwing their <laughs> client as well doing it. And they're not allowed right them, because what know. songwriter wants to work with that? You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Because at the end of the day, they they are still getting a percentage from that cut, no matter what, right? It's a power dynamic thing. Is the is the problem? Is like you know, if you're a songwriter and you only get a couple cuts, and you know, let's say a big songwriter comes up and is like, well, you know, I've been I've been dry on hits. I haven't been able to write one, and then this manager goes, well, you know, I'm manager. I let's make up one. Carrie Underwood. Right, I'm manager to Carrie Underwood, and um, she really needs a song right now. And you're, we know you're a great songwriter, and we know you need the money right now. So why don't you write one for us? But you're gonna give us part of your mechanical royalty, but you'll be on a Carrie Underwood song again, and that'll revitalize your career, aka getting paid in exposure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that's kind of the whole power dynamic there is that people are taking advantage of that. I also think that there's a huge thing with, you know, some artists just don't know what their managers are doing. That's one part of it. They're just dead tired. They're going from tour to, you know, recording studio to see family, to go back. They're just trying to live. And so they trusted this person to be facilitating this, to have their best interest and to not take advantage of, you know, they're potential friends at the end of the day because a lot of the songwriters are friends with these artists, right? Right. Um, and so I, I definitely think that there is, you know, a problem with that. I also think that there is a lot of issues when it comes to especially that net kind of pay, you know, over time. it's It seems like something that's easy to slip through the cracks, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In terms of being like, well... I got to really make sure, should I be getting paid this much actually? Should I be getting paid more because I wrote this song? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's easy to be like, oh, well, it was 8%, but we've been paying you 5%. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. And so like, if you're not really looking at it, you could get screwed. And then we're not even talking about people that aren't that established that just, especially now with virality and the ability on the internet to just blow up who one day could go from having a song that has no views. And then the next day having, you know, 6 million views on there. And like you're saying, having 10 grand in the bank account going, Oh God, mm-hmm. now I got to separate this. And you know, me and my buddy Todd just wrote this and I didn't write a contract with Todd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it, it's just, it's a messy world, but I think because of real life implications when it comes to the economy and especially touring, I just really think touring is just tearing people apart right now. Um, yeah. That I it's agree. causing even more of a financial strain on these systems that were already financially strained. I, so, I think it's, it, it's uh, like, I bring this up all the time. It's so ironic that, you know, a couple of years ago, our, our, music business mentors were like touring is the most stable part of the music industry and you'll never not have a job in touring 
<laughs> now it's probably the most unstable part of the music industry because I feel like, you know, people are figuring out publishing and the labels have figured out how to rake money out from streaming. So it's it's just... I would say that it's the most stable job. It's just not the most stable pay. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, yeah, we can get you to work, but I don't know if you're going to live off of it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what it is, especially yeah, you for get people to work that are harder. in less technical fields. <laughs> you get to work harder for longer and maybe not have as much money in the bank. Yeah, 100%. And at the end of the day, it's it, it's one of those things that just slips through the cracks. People just don't think about it a lot, which is really funny because I feel like it used to promote having these individual songs more and more. You know what I mean? Writing a original piece of music for an artist because it was more lucrative back in the day with physical media. But now, you know, you go on the social media stuff like TikTok, the amount of songwriters that go, well, you could write for songs like for bands or for yourself, but to make money, you need to do sync. And I'm like, well, that's true. But also like from an ethical moral standpoint, it's like you need to get your music to be marketable for like a commercial or like a TV show, you know what I mean? It can't just be really good art and sell well. It has to be really sellable commercial art always, if that makes sense. So, yeah, it's definitely a thing that is slowly dripping. It's a slowly dripping can, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder when the back's going to break on that and people are going to notice and be like, hey, we really need this money, as they did in the pandemic. Yeah, Um, you know, it's... It's going to be interesting to see for sure. I think uh, I, I I would like it to get to that point of like touring being back in its heyday, honestly, because I do think that speaks a lot to how good the music industry is doing as a whole. Um, but it is, you know, people are just scrapping top to bottom to find money in the entertainment industry right now. And they are ruthless. Yeah, the about backbone it. that's been there for twenty to thirty years now is getting kicked down. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And Be, so, just because of economic forces. And there's so much restructuring going on behind the scenes. Like most people don't understand that. Like you know, when when this, these crashes happened, a lot of these people's jobs don't exist anymore, right? Like it's not right. just they got fired; their department doesn't exist now. And so, and it's you know, there's not a thousand, let's say, festival makers in the world. There's not. There's especially a handful, in where you know, and, and like, especially when you live in a certain place, it's not like now. Can you find another festival to work for that's in Illinois? You know what I there's mean? There's really not even. I don't even know if there's thousands of people working in the music industry. You know, there's. I mean, I, guess uh, I mean, there, there are, is thousands. Know, there's. I guess like thousands, hundreds but the of, point hundreds of thousands to like you know. It's not the biggest. Well, it depends on where you end that. You know what I mean? It depends if you ended up musician. It depends if you ended up just professional. It depends on all this kind of stuff. But it's very specialized, which is why people do get paid so crazy amounts sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, because there's nobody, sometimes there's just nobody else. Like there's a reason that, you know, an agent who's a top agent in country music and manager in country music gets paid so much money because he's an expert in his field and he's an expert in his genre and he's an expert because he knows everybody, but it's not like there's an expert because he says, (laughs) (laughs) right. And there's not like room for like 1500 expert country music managers that are making, you know, $700,000 or like some crazy amount of money. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. So yeah. 
that's kind of the point. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So, Joe, last story, talked about it last week. Uh, I'm going to give you like a TLDR for all the people out there that want to know about this. I'm going to talk about uh, Beanie Feldstein's departure from Funny Girl, um, which for some people, the alarm bells are ringing because I'm talking about theater. Oh, God, not theater. <laughs> not you know, theater. Like, yeah. Um, well, I, I want to talk about it because theater and especially musicals have become such a lucrative business for regular musicians other than you know the people who play in the pit and obviously the actors and singers but like you know the idea that you could have bono on broadway or like you know kiss on broadway all this kind of stuff it's a huge market now and so the business of it is colliding a little bit with music in general so i want to talk about it a little bit so 
This play is called Funny Girl, which is originally on Broadway in 1964. It was a big deal in theater at the time. It had like eight Tony Awards, and many believed it to be the backbone that made Barbara Streisand's career. Mm -hmm. So Streisand played the role in the first production in 1964, and it hasn't been on Broadway since. So guess what? It's back, baby. And uh, Beanie Feldstein is actually the lead role in the re- like production of it in 20, you know, 2022, which is so crazy a time period to think yeah. that it was last in 1964 and now in 2022. You might know Beanie Feldstein from like some roles in Lady Bird. She's also in a really movie I like called uh, Book Smart as a co-starring role. But, you know, she was cast in this in April and she's been playing the role for a couple months now. But unfortunately for her, the reviews have been really bad for the revival, even though it's a very well-acclaimed play. But NPR notes that the reviews of this revival have definitely been critical of her performance, but did not say that Feldstein was terrible and everything else was terrific. Like, I saw a couple, you know, I was reading some reviews, and they basically were saying, like, she's good enough. It's just not, like, great. There's other problems, too. And, you know, I could critique her performance. She's the main character, right? So, like, mm-hmm. she, she's going to be a major part of a review of a play. Yeah. So what's interesting is that she's been doing this for literally what we're in July now, a couple months now. And the director was like, Hey, we're going to have a uh, Feldstein for like a year, like a full year. So she should be here till next April. And what happened now is this is kind of divulged into this giant conspiracy filled thing about like theater and how it works monetarily, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is why, because Feldstein announced that she would be, um, leaving the production on July 31st. And she said, quote, once the production decided to take a show in a different direction, I made the extremely difficult decision to step away sooner than anticipated. And she did not clarify what new direction meant at all. So like, there's a lot of conjecture here and like crazy stuff going on, but like I even TikToks going all about it, which is why I wanted to talk about it. But like one of the things they brought up other than the bad reviews I brought up in the first place was the money, which was super interesting to me. So like the Broadway has charts. I don't know if you know that Joe, which is interesting. Like they have a Broadway chart that kind of says like how much money they earned, how, how much a capacity it is, all this kind of stuff. So in this chart, it's really easy to show like how this play has not been doing well. Mm -hmm. Like it's first week, like in May was its like biggest week, but it's been losing money ever since. Like it's at an all time low, which is going to sound high of $700,000 in revenue, Oof. which was in this last week. Yeah. And, that's pretty but rough. there's only two thirds of the seats being filled at this right at a Broadway theater, Yeah, which according to my estimations, most people estimate that it's probably $800,000 to even run the production. So it's probably been in the red for like two weeks. Mm, which man. is rough. So Feldstein, like, like who's going to replace her? That was the big answer. And so we kind of got our answer, which might be the new direction, which is former Glee star, Leah Michelle, whose character on the show, like Glee basically sang a bunch of these songs from the musical all the time. Mm-hmm. And you probably, if you've ever seen Glee, you would recognize Leah Michelle immediately. And she had expressed interest in being in the play f- and like for a long time and wanted to do it. But she has a very problematic past and mm-hmm. has been noted as being really difficult to work with. 
like one of her former Glee stars, uh, Samantha Ware, said that she basically like did these traumatic microaggressions towards her that made her question her whole career, which I was like, Jesus Christ. Wow. And then she said apparently to Michelle being cast in Funny Girl, yes, Broadway upholds whiteness. Yes, Hollywood does the same. Mm-hmm. Another Glee member is also in this play, which is Jane Lynch which is a very famous actor and also former member on Glee. And she also took to say that she will also be leaving right as Michelle is arriving. Oh man. Showing how maybe Maybe. she's not that well liked. Yeah. Um, and then moving back to the production again, there's like a lot of problems that people speculate, but like there's kind of this weird thing from the production to almost, it seems like, um, cast out the last survivor to save the tribe almost <laughs> like so like a single anonymous senior so- show source told like uh this publication they said that the production had to quote walk on eggshells around feldstein to spare their feelings and just because of the atmosphere the production was like really off and making it difficult for people to work and stuff mm-hmm. but npr does point out which is something i personally believe is that the old show may be trying to just cast, you know, the old show completely off. Basically be like, all the problems are leaving. They're all going. You know what I mean? And like this new departing actor is taking all the problems and it's going to be crazy good now to kind of save the sinking ship, if you will, with Leah Michelle. And it's just gone off on TikTok. Like all my TikTok is this, Joe. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's like really rubbed people the Damn. wrong way. Uh, like on theater again, this TikTok, pl- huh? I I didn't mean to be on it. I <laughs> I will say I played in the pit orchestra in two years of the theater. Like, wow. but nothing nothing too theatery. Let's just say that. So the point is, is that it's really interesting because I think it shows like really cutthroat like kind of movement from Broadway that we see all the time in music business and shows a lot, Mm -hmm. but we don't really think in Broadway sometimes and almost kind of like, you know, not, not to mention it's like Leah Michelle is very, uh, I very, let's just say like, let's just say she's very (laughs) problematic. (laughs) It's just really hard to say. Like, so she has, she has like so much going on like this. I'm struggling even to say it. Cause like you have to kind of know more about it. Like cause she's just like apparently just a nightmare based on what I was reading about. So people yeah. are like, why is she in this, you know, and Beanie's getting kicked out and they really think the production was just like, fuck this girl. Basically mm-hmm. we're moving on. We're getting this person. That's I guess more conventionally attractive. You know what I mean? than everything and we're just going to move on with this which is like rubbing people the wrong way and a little bit me so joe what do you think about this yeah i mean it sounds like they didn't set themselves up um to have a successful production run from the very beginning i think whenever you're catering towards talent um it's important to have your talent happy but it's also important that you are having a good show and making sure that people are are uh, enjoying themselves in the show. Um, and I think, you know, if, if it's a pile of crap, you can't, you can't spray paint it, (laughs) slap it on the back and say, dang, she's been running great for decades. You know, it's gotta, it's gotta come, it's gotta full, it's gotta fully be taken over and revitalized. And, um, it sounds to me 
like the producers are very much making some poor, 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 poor decision making um, from the very beginning and where it's at now. So I suspect that it will flop again. Yeah, it's it, it seems that it's building this negative resentment towards it that's not going to be good, especially in high theater you know what i mean yeah. like the critically acclaimed high theater. like this isn't just again you're selling these are tickets that are selling for like 150 dollars a piece so mm-hmm. like this is high theater like these are high clientele they are very in intertwined with broadway you know what i mean yeah so it's like one of those things where if you are have controversy with it this is like highbrow enough that people would not want to celebrate it you know what i mean be like yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna buy a ticket because i know all about this because their audience is very educated about it mm-hmm. but it's uh really interesting i've seen a crazy amount of rumors i heard a rumor also that apparently there's a rumor that uh feldstein and michelle have the same like agent which is also crazy to think about because that i'm like be that crazy to be honest but like it wouldn't be crazy, but like in terms of navigating that in the relationship would be so difficult to me. Um, you mean like the agent? if you had a close agent, yeah, like if you were Feldstein, right? And you were like, you know, they want to go in a different direction, and they were like, uh, well, you know, I feel like if I was agent, there, your I'd agent be like, doesn't care about you <laughs> at the end of the day. As long as well, yeah, but like at the same time, it's like you choose to work with them, they choose to work with you, and these aren't just nobody people right like these are people that are actors that have choices when it comes to who their agent is right Mm -hmm. and so like it's one of those things where they're way past oh i need to get one it's like i have options here so yeah i guess so or to be honest i don't know if they have that many options with how this has been handled you know what i mean like i i I just i i just feel like i would be you know a little bit I, you would have to navigate this very well as an agent, like talking to, you know, specifically Beanie. If the cast was like, hey, I'm going to, we don't want Beanie anymore. And then you just came in slyly and be like, here's the replacement that benefits me monetarily. And then you were like, okay, Beanie, um, I'm advocating for you, but I'm also advocating for my money. So, yeah. <laughs> Like that's, that's where it would be difficult to like, you know, maintain that relationship with a client. But I I think it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because it just, it kind of reminds me a lot of like, um, beef and rock and roll and stuff. And especially with like plays and musicals becoming weirdly like, you know, obviously plays and musicals follow the kind of fair that goes around in music. Right. So like, you know, we had operas and then we had you know more of like sing-songy things crooner stuff you know they it it follows life so it's interesting to see more stuff that wasn't considered high art become high art you know what i mean like be made into high art so i think this is you know the world that a lot of these rock stars like imagine i know it sounds crazy now but like you know a lot of more set right she has a very successful or had a very successful play about um jagged little pill right mm-hmm. imagine like in 20 to 30 years from now they're like and it seems so far off they're they go okay well the weekend musical <laughs> will be on right and it will be all blinding lights themed and it will tell this story and stuff like it sounds like corny now but like later on it seems like no we can make this into high art right and i think that's the weirdest thing to look at you know could you imagine, like, can you think of anything that you're like, 
we can make this into a play in like 20 years. Like high art. I don't know. Play. I mean, Broadway makes everything into a play at some point. <laughs> I feel like uh, a lot of playwriters and playwrights, I guess, uh, and songwriters and stuff like that. They can find the most. Um, they can mi- they can find the most creativity and the most mundane. One hundred gecks, the musical. <laughs> I mean, I'd see that. Uh, yeah, I actually fuck with that. Never mind. Never mind what <laughs> I was just saying. I would fuck with that so hard. Um, anyway, I just want to keep people updated on that because I see that everywhere. And I was like, I need to dig more into that. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Joe, what have you been listening to? Um, I have been listening to uh, Waves Yarvis's uh, Four Props. It's a song that he has. It's amazing. Um, also, I've been listening to a song called uh, Aura by Kuko. And... Uh, that's pretty sick. I might have uh, said that in the last podcast, but uh, still listening to that song a lot. I'm, I'm all about it. And there's an artist called Lazy uh, with a song called Shoes, and it's very shoegazy and hipster. And you know what? It's, uh, it's great. They got that chorus pedal running, and I've just accepted, I've just accepted it at the end of the day that that's what I'm going to get fed on my Spotify account. So I have just taken the pill. I have swallowed it. I've swallowed I have it. Taken... I've given up. Oh God! <laughs> All right, gone. Oh man! All right. Well, 
Uh, I've been listening to, speaking of random calling shit, uh, the 1960s band The Loving Spoonful, which mm-hmm. I really enjoy. Um, they have like a really great eclectic collection, but like the main thing I think is really funny is like the fashion um, mm-hmm. is so modern looking now it's kind of crazy like yeah i'm looking at some of their albums as we're talking right now and you're like yeah i could see this guy walking down the street just being like i'm in a band <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like and it's just like weird like indie resurgence that i haven't seen in a while but like it's very familiar to me but anyway loving spoonful is a uh let's say like a pop rock kind of band from the 60s and they kind of combine more traditional maybe like bluegrassy a little bit of country music but also just like straight up what would be like 60s pop music um they're like big songs are like do you believe in magic you know Mm -hmm. um or uh another one is uh summer in the city which gets a lot of sync randomly but uh yeah i really like a lot of their music it's got like a lot of uh twang in it at the same time but also it's just like straightforward little a b a b uh c uh kind of pop sections so i really like it uh the you know uh john sebastian would actually go on to write the welcome back cotter theme which is the welcome back mm. <laughs> your dreams in holding out anyway but the point is is that like it, they they were really they were like a a really big like social band so they kind of like show up randomly in places especially john sebastian john sebastian is like one of the main songwriters of the band and also he would play at like woodstock for instance um he's like a very big prolific figure he also plays if you're like a doors fan he's the one who plays the harmonica on roadhouse blues he this guy just knew everyone and it was really weird Mm -hmm. so like if you just like follow john sebastian like through random like parts of his life he'll just be like yeah i was just hanging out with these really other famous people and you're like what (laughs) um but, like, that's just kind of the guy they were. But that's, like, how the 60s were, man. It's just really weird. But also now, too, like, you know, you get, like, all these people where you're just like, I did not think you would hang out together, but you guys are just hanging out. Like a one of, must, like a Thundercat John Mayer thing. What it must or like, feel like to be a celebrity with success and cool It's friends. just weird, man. You just walk up and be like, hey, what up? Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's going on? I'm just hanging I, out. I would be, be like, a recluse. If I was famous and successful. You think you would I'd like live in some like giant crystal mansion somewhere? I'd be Prince and then I'd occasionally play ping pong with uh, Jimmy Fallon. I felt <laughs> like it. You know, I would summon Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah. And then... I would randomly done. be like, man, I love New Girl. Let's do that. Yeah. Guys, that was a new girl reference if you didn't get that. But what you can get is on our socials at the Biz Tape. Pretty much everywhere. Like, is that pretty self-explanatory? We have the Biz Tape at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you can think of. As well as if you want to support the show, please feel free to rate it. Whatever weird gesture the internet wants you to do wherever you're listening to. Good or bad, I don't care. It just helps out the show and uh, really helps us get along more folks. Anyway... We do really appreciate you listening, and thank you so much. Hope to see you next time. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.